All right, running up the score podcast. I'm Jerry. He's Kevin. We're uh, we're gonna get into a few things here. You know, a new kind of style to our show now. We're we're trying to mix it up. Uh, we're gonna first talk about this thing that just came down right before we got on here, and it's pretty big news in terms of the NHL playoffs and the Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins starting goalie. Tuka Rask, you know, and he's a finalist for the Vezina Trophy. So this is huge in all ways when it comes to the Boston Bruins and the rest of, you know, especially the Eastern Conference. Tuka Rask has opted out of the season after two games in this series against the Carolina Hurricanes. This is a great goalie. You know, don't get me wrong. Halak is good, but Tuka Rask is great. And this is huge for Bo- uh, for Boston, huge for Carolina, and huge for huge for the rest of the Eastern Conference. So, well, I think out of all those series, I think that one is like as close as it comes. And you know, Carolina and Boston, they're going to go back and forth. Uh, I'm not even sure. I'm pretty sure I took Boston in seven, which was yeah, one of the few so. series I had going set games. And uh, like you said, you know, Halak is a very capable goaltender. Um, you know, it's a pretty big story, uh, but Rask, again, it's his own concerns regarding everything surrounding him and his family, and I think he just had a newborn, yeah. which was uh, the important part here, and, you know, he's taking time to spend it with his family as opposed to playing, and, you know, we'll see how Boston responds, but uh, I don't see it changing uh, the outcome of what I predicted. Uh, of Boston advancing past Carolina. These are two very good teams. Uh, It's quite unfortunate that these two teams had to meet in the first round because they have no business playing each other right now based on the, you know, end of the season standings. And for Boston, they were no doubt the number one uh, due to, you know, that qualifying round. Uh, They had an opportunity to continue to hold the number one position, but obviously Philly had a couple of good games and, you know, Boston had a hard time winning games in that. And, you know, here we are, they're playing as the four right now. Carolina is the clear cut number five seed. And, you know, it's unfortunate because these are two really good teams. And, you know, that's why I see it going seven just based on uh, the experience and the talent on both teams. Yeah. Boston went Oh, and three in the uh, round robin therefore they are the four seed and you have going into that round robin you had a team like the philadelphia flyers who were the fourth seed heading into that round robin and end up by the way that they played throughout that those three games they end up the number one seed so that whole round robin was crazy especially that boston going into the whole covid break they were looking like a clear-cut top East team. And now it's like, well, now you lose your goalie. You know, you went 0-3 in the round robin. Carolina is a very good team to be playing in the first round. You know, this is the, it, Boston got a very tough draw, and it's getting even tougher now that Rask is not playing for the rest of the series and possibly the rest of the, you know, the playoffs if they move on. So it's huge, you know, and throughout, you know, obviously we're, we're going through, you know, the NHL playoffs and 
as we've said the last two shows, the NHL has not had one positive test yet. So that's, uh, you know, that's something great to see. Um, obviously, Rask, he just didn't want to take that chance anymore. And that's, you know, as we've said with the NFL, as we've said with any other sport, baseball, you know, whatever's playing right now, if the player opts out, you can't get mad at it. It sucks when it's one of your best players, but you can't get mad at it because at the end of the day, the person is still human. At the end of the day, you can get mad about it all you want. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It plays no relevance uh, to the outcome. Uh, They're still not going to play. Tuka Rask has every right. Like I've talked about with numerous other players and other sports and their choice to opt out. Uh, Taka, you know, Taka, Tuka Rask is, you know, one of the many, and he's again entitled to his own concerns. And you, know, you can get angry all you want about it, but it's it's not going to change it. It's not going to make him come back. Uh, you're kind of just working yourself up. Usually, it happens on the internet. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and that's that's what we see all the time. But you know, talk about working yourself up. We had um, the NHL lottery this past week, and I can tell you right now. Um, the other New York team got themselves worked up. Rightfully so. They get the number one pick, which is crazy to me. You know, I, I there's times that I like the lottery, and then there's times that, you know, there's more times of me just saying, like, why, like what's the point of this thing? If you play, if you play, if your team is the worst in the league, you should get the first pick. And I know that it takes away that, you know, tanking feature, you know, when it comes to, to teams. But, I mean, the fact that I think it was what? D- Detroit had the worst record in the league, I think it was. or whatever. They were worst. They had the worst record by, like, 28 games. Like, that's how bad they were. Like, they deserve the number one pick. The Rangers were playing in the qualifiers, and they come out with a first-round pick. The first pick, period. And now we're hearing that the Rangers may even trade this pick. And, you know, the the clear-cut number one pick pick in the draft is that the kid uh, Lafreniere. And, you know, from what everybody is talking about with this kid, the kid's unbelievable. But the problem with the Rangers is he's a winger. And they don't need a winger. Or that's what they say, they don't need a winger. They need a center. So they're talking about possibly trading the number one pick, you know, because there's no centers. There's there's not going to be any good centers in free agency. So they're possibly trying to trade for a center, also trade for other just, picks. That wouldn't even make sense because there's no there's not going to be a player that you're going to get that's going to be uh, you know young like that oh, and yeah. be able to fill that role in. I mean, the Rangers got to go through the farm system to find that center. Uh, the truth be told is that this kid is the real deal. Um, he's a great player. He's got gr- a great head on his shoulders, and he's able to just, you know, he makes good decisions on the ice. And as you see in the NHL playoffs, you know, your decision-making is half the battle. You know, you need talent. You need skill in this league, but your decision-making is very, very imperative. And we've seen it with these teams that have numerous, numerous goal scorers on their team. But goal scoring you know, it comes both ways. You know, you could be a very good goal scorer, uh, but you're putting most of your effort 
on the offensive side of the game. And we've seen this so many times. I mean, I have, you know, but I watch this game in depth. Uh, I see things that, you know, the average fan wouldn't. And when you're watching a guy play defense and watching how they're able to balance out their effort, because, you know, we're all human and, you know, that time on the ice is valuable. So while you're out there, you know, you're putting 100 percent. It's Are you putting 100 percent on both sides? And if so, you're not playing a minute and a half shift or two minute shift. You're you're going to be out there for 30 seconds. And, you know, that'll be the extent of it. But you gave it 110 percent in whatever role you had there. Uh you know, just looking at the different teams there, you know, you got role players in hockey. You got guys that are gritty. You got guys that can put the puck in the net. You got guys that are just, you know, that use their size uh, to make a difference or use their speed to make a difference. And it all has to do with decision making. And that's what this kid has. Um, from the Rangers' perspective, uh, they have guys with that role already signed, making yeah. a lot of money to, to fill that role. So that's where this gets complicated for the New York Rangers. Uh, they have a lot of money invested in uh, a good core of players. And to bring a nice young crew in with that, uh, that's the formula to winning a championship, especially very young, knowledgeable players uh, like the number one pick would have. Uh, I've seen film of this kid. Uh, he's he's very, very talented. Uh, and the Rangers could certainly use him. Any oh, team could use him. Well, that's the, the point thing is here, I think the value comes. Well, I think that's where the value comes for the New York Rangers uh, to trade this pick if they wanted to. Uh, the value is going to be sky high for it. And, you know, if you can get some ridiculous offer, which some teams might be desperate enough to do at this point, especially like teams like the Red Wings, who don't see, a you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and it, it would be a good opportunity for the Rangers to take advantage of that. I mean, you can end up with the fourth overall pick and another, you know, three or four picks and a player. Maybe that center that you're looking for that you don't have in your system right now. Yeah. So there's a lot you can do with the first overall pick. And, you know, credit the Rangers. I mean, it, hey, they got it. It's fair and square at that point. You know, people talk about it being rigged and it's just nonsense. Uh, you know, you can't be a bigger Islander fan than me and a bigger hater of the New York Rangers than me. <laughs> and I'll be the first one to tell you that uh, this is what it is. You know, uh, they got it fair and square. Their ball came out. And, you know, for me personally, I'm just grateful it wasn't uh, wasn't Toronto, even though, you know, teams like Toronto and, uh, you know, you can have all this star power that can score goals. But, I mean, if you really think about it, uh, you know, you want guys that are all able to, you know, that are all capable of putting the puck in the net. Yeah. Um, but you got to get guys that are capable of playing defense, and that's what comes out in the playoffs. I think Toronto saw that firsthand uh, in the first round against uh, the team like Columbus, and you know, you it's great to have these guys that can put the puck in the net, that have this skill set, you know, that are really just great players. But uh, you need role guys, you know, you need guys that got grit, you got guys that need size to put hits down. There's so much that comes into the game of hockey. You know, and forechecking isn't, you know, strictly, you know, put the puck on the stick. You got to get the puck. Yeah. You know, and you need guys with it's that kind process. of mindset <laughs> that you got to find a way to get the puck and create great chances. Yeah. You know, uh, great goal scorers create their own chances, and that's what makes them so special. But uh, you need you need to be able to forecheck. You need to be able to just put yourself in the right lane. That's all knowledge of the game. And uh, from what I hear, this number one pick, uh, he's already got that at such a young age with uh, some size, and he's definitely NHL ready. 
and like I said, it would be a great asset for the Rangers. But if they do choose to trade the pick, I absolutely wouldn't object to it on the basis that you can get you oh, know, yeah. you a lottery everything. guy or yeah. a center that you need and a lot more picks in response because absolutely. obviously the asking price will be uh, be pretty high for the Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, talking about star you know, star power and everything like that, like what you were saying with Toronto, Toronto has that. It's just – you know, it, it's all about you cohesiveness, players, you, you know? Players. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Game. Like, you know, it comes down to you. It's not just one line. Like, yeah, you can have the best first line in the league, but if you don't have three other lines that are going to play. Exactly. It. You know, if you don't have another, if you don't have the three other lines, you know, that can score and or just be able to, to play the game that you're you're hoping to play. It, you're not gonna you're not gonna be successful and you know as I said talking about star power you know we can move on to the NBA and we saw some star power get some star treatment um, or at least that's my opinion <laughs> we watched Giannis Antetokounmpo the other day headbutt Mo Wagner of the Washington Wizards and Giannis got one game one game suspension and that one game's not even in the playoffs that it was just the last game of their eight game season thing i i mean i there's nothing more that i can say like literally that is that is the definition of star treatment they they looked at it as it being the type of season that it is what they're in front of you know with this whole covid thing not having fans worrying about money and then thinking about possibly losing one of the one of the biggest branded players in the league right now and potentially the MVP of the season in Giannis Antetokounmpo and the top team in the East missing that player for possibly the whole first round it just the NBA they just couldn't let that happen so they gave it a one game and you know, little slap on the wrist, and and I had that video that I put on Instagram earlier when it happened before the suspension was handed down. You know, in our new little segment that we're we're doing, you know, between shows, no holds barred. Um, you know, I just I, I said, you know, will he get that star treatment? Will he get that slap on the wrist? Because I also noted that. We saw a headbutt in 96 from Dennis Rodman that cost him six games. Now, star, yes, maybe, you know, I, I mean, he was on a, on a very big team at that time. St- star, yes, I guess you could say Dennis Rodman, star. Was he a superstar like Michael Jordan or any, any, any of those guys? No, but still, you know, and Giannis is starting to get that He's starting to get that uh, that dirty player type of, you know, following, right. I guess. Yeah, the reputation of just, you know, getting into it with these players. Like, it's not – and it wasn't even the first time that he did that during this eight-game season. Like, it happened against the Nets like two games before against Dante Hall. He just didn't headbutt him. So, it's just – to me, this is like – this was like clear-cut star treatment. Yeah, you know – you know, and honestly, the NBA has no choice in this matter. Uh, 
this is one of the guys that's going to bring money to the game of basketball. Uh, he's he's unique. He's really, really, really talented. Uh, his size, his speed, his handle, uh, his arm length. It's He's a freak. He really goes by Greek the freak for a reason. And the NBA can't afford to lose somebody like that for an extended period of time, especially in games that would matter like the playoffs. Uh you got to remember right now during this bubble and being in Disney, uh, really everything that's you know relevant right now for them is just TV coverage and uh, getting you know large crowds watching these games and it's understandable. But yeah, you can call it star treatment, but it's really like you said with the situation that we're going that's going on right now, you know, with COVID nineteen and uh, the bubble. Yeah. Uh, they have really no choice here and you can't suspend someone for an extended period of time on the basis that, especially when they're a key component to uh, a team that could potentially make the NBA finals. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I mean, they I'd... showed Milwaukee, didn't they show Milwaukee without, <laughs> yeah. you know, Ante de Kumbo and you know, th- they got crushed yeah. by the Nets if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it would be insane um, for the Bucks to lose Giannis for the whole first round. And I understood where the NBA was coming from. And I, in the back of my mind, I knew that it wasn't going to be a huge, um, you know, a huge suspension. I just felt like they had to suspend him for how long. I didn't know. And it ended up being a, a slap on the wrist and the slap on the wrist. And what are you going to do about it? But it, it is what it is. Exactly. Uh, just, you know, he'll know that, you know, again, if he tries to do something like this again, that, uh, you know, they'll have no choice but to, uh, you know, be a firm punishment on it. But at this point, uh, you know, you just can't, uh, you know, you can't, you can't question it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's the NBA's decision. It's nobody else's. And, you know, there probably have been worse things done or not as worse things done with harsher punishments. But uh, that's the NBA for you. I mean, all these leagues are the same. And we talked about this even with Major League Baseball with Joe Kelly and, you know, they, it's just not consistent, and these are weird yeah. times. And right now the number one goal is to try to continue to make a profit any way they can, which is uh, very hard right now considering the circumstances. Well, if I was any other player now, I would just be like, all right, well, if Giannis can get, you know, uh, one game for a headbutt, maybe I'll just go up to somebody that I don't like and I'll just headbutt him because I know I'm only going to get one game. <laughs> but, you know, that's – you know, I, I'm not – I'm not questioning it. I just I just thought it was funny because it was like, wow, that is like the clear-cut star treatment that you can get. And I thought it would have been interesting to see like what they would have done and, you know, they did what I exactly what I thought they were going to do. But moving on, we had um some big news in terms of football handed down uh throughout the week. And we started to hear more and more about it conferences in college football were canceling their winter sports. So this is huge in a lot of ways for the NFL, especially when it comes to the draft process. Now you looked at, I think it was, um, we had teams like the uh, conferences like the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, the American Athletic Conference, the Sunbelt Conference, Conference USA, they like these those leagues are 
are going forward. They're moving forward. Then, you know, you have the Big Ten, uh, or was it, yeah, the Big Ten, they canceled. Um, just, like, big, the Pac-12, and we're looking at this, and it's like, all right, well, you know, now these prospects, like, what are they going to do? Because then now they're talking about a spring football season, which is stupid in all ways, I think. I understand what they're trying to do, but that is just going to, it's going to have to coincide with March Madness. It's going to have to coincide with, you know, um, you know, you'll have baseball coming around, you know, then you, you have the, the draft process. Like, it's not just like you have it where, you know, January, February, February is the Super Bowl right after the Super Bowl. Then you have the combine and these players usually have their, you know, the, the, the NCAA championship usually is, you know, January-ish, the middle of January, early January, whatever. So they have that time off, December, January, if you didn't make the championship. And you have that time off, and then you get ready for the combine. Then you have the combine. Then you have the draft. You have all of those workouts, the private workouts, all that stuff. Now that's kind of like this whole spring league is stepping on the foot of that. And now it's it's coming to a point in time where it's going to get rough for not only the NFL teams that are trying to figure out who they're going to take in the in the draft, but it's going to screw up these kids. <laughs> you know, like there's no time to you know uh, rejuvenate your body. You know, because you're you're going to be playing these games. You know, and then if you really think about it, say they play ten games or whatever in the spring. You add Jerry, that I'm going to cut you off real quick, and I'm going to let you know that the only reason the spring league is even be considered an option is just to keep people at peace. Because yeah. there are some people out there, you know, especially down south, that are uh, college football's life. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of towns down there where high school football is everything, and college football is everything, and the NFL is a great product, but it's definitely not the most popular product, yeah. especially in football terms, uh, down south. And I think the spring idea is just a way to ease those people. But I don't think there's any shot at this happening. It would just, it would mess up too many things. I think just for this year, I think they're going to not play college football on the basis that, you know, this is what it is, what's going on around us. And, you know, yeah, they're going to throw that option out there and you can talk about all the things that will get messed up with it. But the truth be told is that this announcement was made basically, you know, to let people know that, Oh, this is a possibility, 100%, but it's not going to get played out on the basis. They're just trying to ease the tension that a lot of people are probably criticizing uh, the NCAA right now on, you know, because they believe they should be able to play football, especially a lot of the students and, uh, you know. Staff. I just, like, because, you know, obviously when all of this started to, to be a, a reality, the fact that they were going to cancel, you know, college football, especially some of these conferences, um, you had a guy like Joe Burrow tweeted out and said, if the coronavirus happened a year earlier, I'd be looking for a job. Because that season, last season, and the championship was the reason why Joe Burrow got picked first. He wasn't up there before this season or last season. He wasn't up in the top you know, top 10, uh, you know, draft picks. 
But because of the season and because of the, the championship that he had, he was catapulted to number one. And, and now you're looking at a Cincinnati Bengal, you know, starting quarterback. You know, no, and that's... It's, it's, there's no doubt about it. The this circumstances, is huge. But right now, this is what it is. Uh, like I said, I've never really been a fan of college and what they do uh, to their students and the parents of their students. The amount of money to go to these schools is just completely unfair uh, and not realistic at all. And... Unfortunately, uh, one of the big components that college has is their ability to not only teach you the academic standpoint, you know, of how to, uh, you know, to help you grow to be an adult, but, uh, you know, you learn a lot about maybe a particular sport that you're uh, quite talented in, and you can not only just, you know, learn academically, you can learn, you know, physically on the basis of, you know, the sport that you play in particular, this one being football, and it's a big reason why a lot of kids go to these schools, you know, you can call them coaches, but they're they're teachers. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they teach these, you know, students about the game of football and uh, how to advance their skills. Yeah. And, you know, you're like it, and it doesn't even go on that aspect of like, you know, a guy could play his heart out in a season and end up catapulting himself into a top 10 pick. It can also do the opposite. Take a top 10 pick and drop him lower. Injuries. Just level of play. What like right now, going into the season, Trevor Lawrence was looked at as the number one pick. And he went back for another season with Clemson. Now we're like, all right, you know, you're you're hoping to see like what you're gonna see, but you know, it could end up making it worse for him. It can make it better for him. You know, whatever it is, but that's the stuff that is not going to happen because of not having a season. You know, that's the difference. And, you know, I think one, you know, one group of people that could be licking their chops because of this is the XFL. For a league that, you know, was already looked at as, you know, a, a, a bridge from not getting paid in college to getting paid then to moving on to the NFL. Like, now you can look at some of these players and like, all right, you know what? I could play a year of the XFL, get paid while I'm doing it, you know, boost up tape, you know, have more tape on myself, boost up my, you know, the look of me to, to NFL teams, you know, work out and then get a team, you know, and that's, there and I think there are other options. Absolutely. Yeah. This and that's do nothing but extend to the XFL and yeah. the XFL is just that much better. Um, uh, they can turn into a new collegiate uh, level of football. And, you know, it could be a big change. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe The Rock and his purchase of the XFL might be a great investment. You know, only time will tell. Uh, but as far as we go right now, uh, and college is not playing football, I have no opinion on the matter. Colleges can do whatever they like. Yeah. Uh, I personally don't believe they should still charge tuition to even just have these students taking classes online. I mean, to me, that's nonsense. Yeah, that's absolute nonsense. You can, if you think about it, you can have a professor teach something one time, make a recording of it, and that's what you're paying for. The same lesson, different semester. Yeah, different students. I'm I'm confused by the whole matter. Uh, I believe that this whole COVID thing is not, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's beneficial to these colleges. 
and like I said, they're coaches or teachers as well in the process because, you know, with everything going online, um, it's going to be a hard time to get students to enroll. And if you have talent like that, uh, you might have kids starting to go play at the minor league levels of baseball or play in the XFL, which could be considered the minor leagues of the NFL. And, you know, NBA and the, you know, uh, what was it, the G League? Is that what it's yeah. called? D League? I don't know. Uh, it that, but, used you know, to be the D League. Now it's the G League for because oh. Gatorade uh, sponsors okay, it. Okay, bought overall sponsorship yeah. in it. Absolutely. Uh, but you uh, you see all these different levels that you can bring your talents to to try to advance it and get better and get yourself up to the level where you could play this sport professionally. Yeah. Uh, colleges used to be the name stay for that, but now uh, we, we could be looking at a difference there, and it starts right now with college not playing. And again, like I said, there's a possibility of them playing spring football, but I, I personally believe that's just like a uh, – that's a way to just try to ease the uh, yeah. tension because there's a lot of criticism happening with that decision. Exactly. So now, you know, moving on to the NFL, we had um, the first episode of Hard Knocks. And I, I was I was interested to see this just because, you know, it, it would have been interesting either way if we didn't have the COVID and, and everything like that because it's the first year of, you know, both L.A. teams having their new stadium. And it would have just been interesting to have a two-team Hard knocks. So now, um, now I was just interested to see because of all of the COVID stuff. I wanted to see how it worked out with these players. And you know, you see uh, one scene. You know, Jared Goff walks up, uh, drives up, and they take his temperature. And you know, then they start showing you know all the guys getting tested. You know, as they came into camp, uh, you know, into camp, and. The other thing that I thought was interesting, and I even tweeted about it, uh, Anthony Lynn, the the Chargers head, uh, the Chargers head coach, he was zooming with all his players, and he discussed having it. You know, he tested positive for for COVID, and I thought it was interesting first that nobody knew about it. The fact that he kept it out of the news until that moment, <laughs> you know. Even during filming of Hard Knocks the the week before, the fact that that didn't go out was amazing to me, first off. And second off, that like, you know, because he was just like, listen, he's like, I I wasn't feeling good. I, you know, I had a headache, uh, my body ached. And he's like, if I wasn't watching golf at that point in time where one of the golfers you know, said he wasn't feeling good. He had body aches and he tested positive for COVID. He's like, I would have never tested. I would have never got tested. He's like, I never had enough of symptoms to be tested to be like, you know, this is bad. And he's like, I could have, I could have infected so many other people if I didn't, if I didn't get tested. And he's like, you know, I'm starting to feel better now. But just the fact that, you know, um, it's just another aspect for the Chargers, you know, I I look at it as, you know, the Eagles with, with Doug Peterson, you know, the the Saints with um Sean Payton, the the Chargers now with uh Anthony Lynn. You know, these these coaches now have a different way of looking at the season with their team. You know, where you had um, Sean Payton say we're not gonna have any of those spring camps or anything like that. We're just gonna we're gonna go right into training camp, 
everybody stay with your family, you know, you know, have that family time. And when it comes to spring camp, uh, when it comes to training camp, be ready. That's it. And like, that's just, that's something that a player appreciates with a, a, a coach. And like, it just brings a different kind of appreciation for your players to your coach. And you get more out of your player when your players appreciate you and trust you and stuff like that. So this could play into something good for these teams. I'm hoping not for the Eagles, but you know, you know, we move on from that, but, but I just thought like, it was just, it was nice to, to see hard knocks open up the curtain as you should say, I guess, um, you know, on what they're going through and what they're dealing, you know, just having meetings outside and, and whatnot. It, it was it was interesting. No, absolutely. Uh, I actually haven't had a chance to even watch the episode of Hard Knocks. Uh, I'm at the point where, like, you know, I just, you know, I want the NFL season to start and see what happens with this regarding COVID-19. I mean, me personally, uh, I'm having a hard time you know whether or not to even run fantasy football leagues or not on the basis that you just don't know uh there's going to be so many concerns and a lot of people you know might have a hard time with uh everything going on i mean you can draft the best team possible and then all of a sudden half your team catches covid and yeah you really what can you do at that point <laughs> Well, you know, I add another add another IR spot. I mean, I, I don't know what to do. That's add a thing. COVID spot. I yeah. have no idea what you know the bases are. You know, even with things like fantasy football, there's so much unpredictability with the NFL season. And I mean, I, I don't mean to go off the whole conversation no, about hard knocks. Yeah. No, episode, I mean it's all relevant. At the same time, I really, I just, I, I'd have to take a look for myself. I understand how the testing is going to be. It's going to be nonstop. It's going to be every time you come in the building. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, I work at a courthouse. I, uh, you know, temperatures are taken upon entering the building as well. You know, yeah. it's the same ordeal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, you know, a little bit more of the episode, you know, you just see they they set up big tents, like circus-sized tents. And, mm-hmm. you know, all the walls are, you know, open, obviously. And like with, um, with Sean McVay and the Rams, he had it so that the offense – has all their meetings on one side of it and the defense has all their meetings on the other side of it. And he's like, and and even just walkthroughs and stuff like that. Like that was the other thing was that, you know, they weren't allowed to put pads on, you know, for a little while, you know, and, or I think it was, they're allowed to put pads on the third week of camp. So the first two weeks, they're not allowed to to put pads on. So that's, that's another thing that's going to, you know, add to the effectiveness of, you know, what we're going to (laughs) see, you know, come September. So the Cowboys and the Saints are two teams that are creating their own bubble because, you know, obviously we're all talking about the bubble with the NHL, with the NBA, both both leagues, no positive tests. Then you have the base and then you have MLB, which, you know, came down today, another postponement uh, because a Reds player tested positive. They're traveling. The only league that has had positive tests, obviously, because the other two are bubbles. So the the Cowboys and the Saints were two teams that created their own bubble for virtual training camp where they'd have meetings over, you know, 
Zoom and stuff like that. And they're just trying, and they're not mandating it. They're not making it mandatory. But the players are just forming it themselves. You know, it's just like, we want to keep going with this. We want to, you know, have, we don't want to have anybody get sick. So they, you know, discussed this whole bubble thing. And, you know, the Cowboys and the Saints said, you know, we would like to do that. And let's see, you know, if these players will go. And they're, they're so far they're adhering to it. And we'll see how effective it is for the Cowboys and the Saints. And maybe other teams decide to do something like that as well. So just altogether, like, it's just a, it's a, it, it's a new way of looking at sports. Um, it's a crazy way of looking at sports. This, this whole thing has changed everything has changed whatever we we've had to deal with whatever they have to deal with um and it's it's i mean really there's only one thing to say and it's crazy <laughs> you know but the uh the coming uh episodes that we we will be doing um we're probably going to do some fantasy football previews we'll talk more about what you were just talking about and the concerns and everything like that and you know possibly what you know these leagues can do for something like this, maybe adding roster spots so you can add more depth, you know, whatever it is. But we're going to talk about some fantasy football previews. I want to talk about some division previews. We're going to do division by division um, every other episode. So uh, we'll see. But uh, it's going to be a lot of NFL coming, you know, in the next couple of uh, shows. And then after this show, we'll be doing a live show. Um, so we'll be doing it on Sportscaster. So if you want to check that out, go to sportscaster.com and look up RUTS Sports, and you'll get our live reactions on uh, the first two games and third game of that Calgary series. But all the, the two games of each NHL playoff series and a little preview on the NBA playoffs. But that will do it for running up the score. I'm Jerry. I'm Kevin. B. Breezy.